I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Dame Baptiste Questions Everything our extra weekly episode which we are calling it dbqs on dbqs myself comedian writer and occasional actor dame baptiste and my producer friend howard cohen aka the hizzer who is currently in absentia due to work commitments will be delving into some of the things that have happened in this week's news who is authentically black if not quasi quarting this comes uh, off the back of comments made by labor mp rupert huck who referred to our chancellor quasi quarting I don't know why I'm saying ours. Oh, I don't like he belongs to us very clearly, civil servants, and their obligation to citizens has changed significantly. Uh, but she was quoted as saying that Quasi Quarting is a superficially black man who went to Eton, a very expensive prep school, and if you hear him on the Today programme, you wouldn't know he's black. Huck was subsequently suspended and then removed from the whip for her comments. Now, this uh, obviously racially charged comment has divided a lot of people on both sides, um, there's been outrage at the supposition that if you are privately educated and do speak with a refined British accent, that that doesn't make that somehow nullifies or dilutes your blackness. And a number of educated black people who form part of the middle class have taken umbrage to this. Um, myself, personally, I would say the other issue has been the fact that uh, Labour, who uh, obviously are known for or try to postulate as being the party which invites membership and voters from various backgrounds and ethnicities, and that it should be a given that most people who are descended from immigrants vote Labour because Labour represents their interests and because of the fact that people of various varying ethnicities and non-white people in the UK form a large part of the working class, they should be in support of Labour's policies. Now, myself personally, I don't really see that much wrong with what she said. And I need to clarify, I'm not saying that what she said was wrong. I do think the fact that people believe that blackness or black Britishness exists in a monolith, which is characterised by... Uh, council estates and trainers and fried chicken and and allegiance to JD Sport as a political party um, is not an accurate and positive representation of the diaspora. However, I do find it quite trite when members of, I guess, or of political parties which are left or centre make racial faux pas, they are punished and immediately demonised and now questions are being raised about whether or not uh, Quasi Kwarteng has valid blackness because of his education and socio-economic position. Now, I don't think my my issue is why do we not keep the same fucking energy for all of the many many racial faux pas made on the right? Now, while I do agree that it is erroneous and condescending and you know prejudiced 
to presume that a man that has been privy to the level of education and has prospered in uh, very high-powered and successful jobs in finance, like someone like Kwasi Kwarteng, um, that these uh, achievements dilute his blackness, I definitely do. I am definitely opposed to that idea. However, I also know that Kwasi Kwarteng is a member of the Conservative Party and had made no moral objections to the Windrush scandal when members of his own party, in one of the most uh, glaring demonstrations of racist policy, deported a bunch of members of the uh, Windrush generation, destroyed their documents which validated their citizenship in this country and allowed these people to die in absentia due to some of the stress and health problems that arose from their deportation and Kwasi Kwarteng said nothing. I also know that Kwasi Kwarteng's superiors in the form of the former Prime Minister Boris Johnson referred to black people as picking with watermelon smiles and I didn't see Kwasi Kwarteng morally objecting to that. So while, you know, we could argue, no, it's not fair to say that he's only superficially black. But for me, and I don't really give a fuck how people feel about it, he don't seem ideologically black to me because, you know, a number of uh, conservative policies disproportionately affect black people and brown people and people of a lower socioeconomic status. And if Kwasi Kwarteng is black, he's never objected to these things, despite the fact that a lot of policies that have been created and executed by his party have disproportionately affected black people. Not only that, he is also a member of a party who produced a very dubious race report back in 2020 who claimed that racism didn't even exist. A statement which is so polarising and so false that the black person who was the consultant for putting the report together in the fucking first place had to resign from Boris Johnson's cabinet because of the level of lies. So while, you know, it's very fair to say that nobody outside the diaspora has the right to determine who qualifies as black or not or the level of superficiality of someone's race is. I'm not going to jump up and defend Kwasi Kwarteng because as far as I'm aware, he's not ideologically black. Also, I saw him on the train once and he's got the driest fucking ankles I've ever seen on a black person on a millionaire in my fucking life. And I'm not saying just because you're black, you have to moisturize. But Jesus Christ, if you're a millionaire and you have access to resources and a level of education that you can receive at Eton, you can afford to get hold of some fucking shea butter, Kwasi. Fuck that. And you know what? Get a shape up too. You're on TV. Present yourself as such. I mean, for me, I guess the real issue is that because the left tend to present themselves as being liberal and inclusive, comments like this, even if they are made facetiously, they can be jumped upon by your op- uh, opposition and they can be used to villainize you very easily. Myself, personally, I'm not really concerned with racial faux pas that come from the Labour Party. I'm much more concerned with comments that come from members of the Conservative Party, like Anne-Marie Morris, who used the statement, this is going to be harder to find than a nigger in a woodpile. So if you're more con- so, I'm much more concerned with the flagrant use of the N-word and the denial of the existence of racism, and I'm much more concerned with the actions of the former Home Secretary, who encouraged racist fans to boo black players taking the knee during football matches than I am with someone who refers to the Chancellor as superficially black. As far as I'm concerned, it's not really fair for somebody to, who is outside of a particular group to determine what cultural or racial indicators validate that person. We've also seen Kwasi Kwarteng has said he is directly opposed to the existence of identity politics. We even had other members of his party, previous Labour, uh, sorry, Conservative Party leader candidate, Kemi Badenoch, who also denied the existence of racism in the United Kingdom and was also quoted in saying that she is over 
conversations about colonialism and doesn't see what the big deal is about it and even referred to yours truly by saying she does not have to entertain questions from a black person whose only experience of blackness is growing up in the UK despite the fact that she's a fucking equalities minister and her actual job is to listen to the black experience of people in the UK because Kemi you stupid bitch if there was equality here you wouldn't need a fucking job would you if there was equality all the time, we wouldn't need an equality minister. So for me, the issue isn't really about statements made to Kwasi Kwarteng. It's about the lack of energy that is shown for the racial faux pas or just a very overt racially charged rhetoric made by Conservative Party members from all sides. The issue really isn't about how, you know, black politicians are referred to. It's how black people are seen in general. There is really no issue about the fact that he is an internally educated uh, former hedge fund consultant. This doesn't take away from his blackness. But then at the same time, what we have to have the conversation about is existentially for you to continue to prosper in a country which has an endemic institutional racism problem, that there are certain elements of black ideology or identification with what we refer to as blackness that you very clearly have to separate yourself from in order to prosper in this country another example being would have been the former home secretary Peter Patel who was quoted as saying that if her father came to the UK attempting to immigrate or seek asylum she'd turn him away do you know how fucking dumb that sounds then you wouldn't have the fucking job either Preeti you idiot but then you don't have it anymore what a surprise we'll be back after this Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the show. So... The issue really comes from the uh, what I refer to as the uh, racial and class-based chauvinism we have in the UK, which is the ideology of placism, where people believe that, uh, you know, people are very different places, that your sexual orientation and your ethnic background and your race can determine your place in the social hierarchy of the United Kingdom. We've seen this, for example, whereby, you know, it's been seen as a given that you have to be of white Anglo-Saxon origin to be a member of the royal family and then with the experience, with the appearance of Meghan Markle and all the vitriol that is levied towards her from British uh, media that very clearly there are a lot of people that have issues with the aesthetic of a black woman being a member of the royal family and uh, much more of an issue than they have with an adulterer being a member of the royal family or a convicted paedophile not convicted of the capital crime of being a paedophile but then his mother paid 12 million in a civil case but uh, his uh, sexual misconduct. I feel like it would have been uh, a lot more of a conclusive case had he not been a member of the royal family. But for me, you know, the idea that we're trying to demonise Rupert Huck for her racial faux pas, um, just because she is a member of the left, is something that will continue to cripple the left as we they continue to postulate as being inclusive. Whereas, you know, the method used by the right wing is to either embrace racist rhetoric, deny it exists, 
or play it down as I've seen with my own eyes. I find it quite funny because I had an appearance on uh, LBC and I was accused of referring to Kevin Badnock as the wrong kind of black um, by Ian Dale, who claimed to her that I had said she was the wrong kind of black, to which her retort was that she doesn't have to listen to me, which is funny for two reasons, because A, I didn't say that and proved that when Ian Dale became a very, very angry and frumpy little man over it and second of all if you are an equalities minister surely your job is as a civil servant to hear about any uh, narratives which give a description of a lack of equality and a just society accordingly although you know to have an equalities minister who doesn't believe that racism exists says it all really you know during the 2011 riots says this article here to the historian David Starkey, or as I call him, white guy in bow tie telling lies, made a comment about David Lammy, who is a Labour MP for Tottenham. Listen to David Lammy, an archetypal successful black man. If you turned the screen off so that you're listening to him on the radio, you would think he was white. So the issue of trying to demonise uh, members of the left for making off-colour comments about race is... A really, uh, I find it a really frustrating thing because myself personally, I just don't think that uh, blackness as an identity and an ideology has any real place on either part of the bipartisan political spectrum because neither of these sides can prioritise serving to galvanise and enrich and serve that community en masse and never really have done. Um, And I really think that if there is going to be any conversations about the evolution of blackness within British society, they really have to take place outside of political spheres. I mean, so far as blackness, I think, and racial equality, I would say that, you know, Kwasi Kwarteng has the right to express his blackness however he chooses. And if that includes the fact that he has an accent which is indicative of his Etonian education and is able to pursue a job within the highest forms of government. And even if he does hold views which are considered to be conservative on the bipartisan political spectrum, that doesn't really take away from his blackness. However, the denial of the existence of institutional racism within his own party and within uh, political institutions within the United Kingdom and denial of racial biases that exist in economic and industrial circles does take away from not just your blackness, but really from your awareness and just from your humanity in general and also not creaming your legs i'm sorry i don't care you can tell whatever you want like you know that's a basic one you know you need to moisturize because you know your skin doesn't look healthy there is nothing worse than that but however i think the issue is a much uh, larger macro social one which really comes down to the media's representation of blackness as a whole there are a number of black intellectuals black scholars uh, um, black ideologues who contribute positively both to their community and to British society as a whole on a regular basis but I think part of the maintenance of certain hierarchical structures in this country depend on the ongoing depiction of black people as being adverse to intellectualism or education thereby preventing us from being incentivized to enter into political spheres and have direct control in the direction 
of our community within the society moving forward. So I think that is deliberately engineered and maybe our political representatives are curated because of the fact that they are not prepared to discuss the issue of black empowerment on a political stage in a way that would, uh, I guess, elicit change or responses from their other political peers. So, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that black people can be rich or poor, left wing or right wing, although why, I don't fucking know. And they can sound like Kwasi Kwarteng or they can sound like Dizzy Rascal. This doesn't take away from the authenticity of the blackness. I mean, that's been a part of the work I've had to do for a very long time. However... If you are going to deny the existence of policies or institutions which work directly to impede the personal, civil and industrial liberties and potential of black people as a whole, then, yeah, I think it's very easy for us to challenge and question your authenticity as a black person. Because not all kinfolk are skinfolk or not all skinfolk are kinfolk. Whichever way you want to interpret that saying, the bottom line is that Race itself is a construct and being black doesn't just deal with the complexion of your skin. It is a state of mind. And if your mind is not right, you might your blackness might not be right either. There, I fucking said it. I'm not fucking scared. And I say fuck Kwasi Kwarteng and Kemi Badnock myself on my podcast. Not because I don't consider them to be black, but because a lot of the stuff that they support is not in direct support of black people. And that is a criticism that has nothing to do with their race. Don't like it. Well, then you will have to send it your comments into the show. So to summarise, um, who is authentically black is a great question, but it's not a question that someone like Rupert Huck has the right to ask. And it's not a question that any person that exists outside the community and has not had an active role in helping to empower that community has the right to ask anybody. Well, any individual, depending on how they choose to politically identify, I believe does not have to explain themselves to any other sentient being if you're not calling it has or loss to any other conscious human being. That being said, I don't think you should be given the grace of being granted impunity from critique of your said blackness because I believe blackness is more about a state of being and thinking as opposed to your uh, skin's complexion. You You are not afforded the grace of being black just because you appear a certain way because if your ideas or your actions or your affiliations seek to impede or oppress the civil and personal freedoms of black people as a whole then you don't get awarded blackness i say that and i want to add that you may some of you may be aware of what was called cointel pro which was a counterintelligence program led by the fbi during the 60s and 70s in order to monitor and to suppress the civil rights efforts of martin luther king and malcolm x and the black panthers and that was led by the former director of the fbi J. Edgar Hoover, who was also involved in suppressing other liberal groups such as the LGBT community. Turns out, not only was he genderqueer and used to regularly dress up in women's clothes and also engage in homosexual relationships, but he was also a man of dual heritage. So I say that that just because you may appear a certain way or identify a certain way politically, it doesn't mean that you will act in a way to enrich the integrity of that said group because integrity is something that needs to be practiced and you are not given a grace just because of how you look because at the end of the day you know how we all appear is only superficial not just whether you're black it can be even your political affiliation as well so there may be a number of people who are members of the labor party but at the same time are only superficially labor in that their actions and ideas do not support the ideas of the working or labor class slash proletariat as we saw 
when Keir Starmer fired members of his party for joining the picket line. So at the end of the day, I guess what we're trying to say is, you know, no one is authentically black on a uh, skin deep level or on visualisation. This is why you kind of have to talk to people to find out who they are. So I guess what we're trying to say is don't judge a book by its cover. Especially if the inside of that cover is as dusty as Quasi Quartang's legs. Thank you for listening to Dame Baptiste Questions. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. If you have enjoyed what you heard, please do share the episodes with a friend or show off to an enemy. And in the meantime, please continue to listen to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, which is uh, available on Spotify where you'll never miss an episode. Or you can subscribe to us on ACAST, the world's biggest podcast network. You've been listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dame Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnaptiste and at the Howard Cohen. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.